Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Lakers Explained, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com, SB Nation's Lakers community. I am one of your hosts, Christian Rebus, uh, here with you on this particular show for the first time in a little while. Uh, and I say this particular show because I only consider it Lakers Explained if I have my co-host Harrison Fagan. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but for the sake of this podcast and uh, for my like ego, I would like you to say the same. No, I mean, I, I do feel the same way. It was funny. Like last week, I almost titled it because we put the little titles in uh, yeah. in like the podcast thing when we're uploading it. And I was like, should I put this as Lakers Explained? And I think I did. So I guess I did ultimately betray <laughs> you, but I hesitated. Like I thought about it before. Like I'm like, is Anthony really explaining anything? Like, is this false advertising if I put this in the title of the show and it's me and Anthony? And it's just like, it's not like Lakers Explained. It's like logic explaining it to anthony explain uh and so it's it's a slightly different show but i, I too am uh, very glad to have you back we have you know obviously had our schedules change a little bit because of uh you know changes to the podcast network and things like that but i'm glad to be back with you christian i wish we were talking under better circumstances i mean the lakers <laughs> are up 2-1 in the nba finals so i guess it's not that bad but I guess the fact that they lost the game is is considered, uh, you know, not great these days, which is, I mean, considering where we started, losing a game in the finals when you're up to nothing is on the very low, like, high, low end of the spectrum of in terms of badness <laughs> yeah like i mean if i could just like if i can allow myself to uh talk you off the edge a little bit you the listener if you were sitting somewhere you know just listening to this podcast just like how can i go on uh, the lakers just lost the finals game let me tell you just for some perspective the lakers have been up 2-1 in every single series by game four uh that they have been in in the playoffs so far and they have won the next two games every single time they didn't always lose the third game usually it was uh more most often it has been the first game but against the nuggets they lost the third game and they made some adjustments and they came out and were able to take care of things so like i think there's reason to have faith in this team's ability to make adjustments even if some things might be changing for miami too yeah, I don't I don't want to go like full don't worry about it um mode. No, yeah, it's the finals. But, you got to worry about yeah. it somewhat. But like <laughs> I uh I will say that we have seen fan bases puff their chests before after um being down 2-1 and I mean the Nuggets series after the Lakers went up 2-1 um we heard all this talk about like these are the nuggets we were talking about. This is this is the kind of series we expected from the Western Conference Finals with what we've seen from the Nuggets. And then the series ended in five games. We've seen this script before. Yeah, it's like, well, oh no, the Lakers really should be down two one right now. That buzzer beater <laughs> really bailed them out. They should be down. And then they won the next two games. So like if Jimmy Butler didn't have that forty point triple double, the Lakers would be up three three oh right now. Like, whatever. Anyway. Um But we we won't get into or we, I guess we can talk about it. Lakers lost on Sunday. Jimmy Butler had the game, I think, of his life. And if it's not the game of his life, then it's pretty close. No, uh, he, up there. Christian, I will tell you, he pushed back on that. He said that the best game of his life was when he was 17 playing against 45 year olds in an adult <laughs> league. And uh, that was the best game of his life, which was a very Jimmy Butler correction to make. It's like, no, it's not this NBA finals <laughs> game. It's when I was 17 and like kicking 45 year olds asses. Like, so um, it's, he was basically <laughs> playing against LeBron and Jared Dudley. 
Yeah, I was going to say, unless it's a jab at LeBron James and LeBron James is a 45-year-old. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, I mean, I think too often when we talk about the Lakers losing, we look at what the Lakers did wrong and not what the other team did well. The Heat played so well. Not that the Lakers didn't do anything wrong. I mean, boy, if you look at their turnovers, even half of them is is not good for for where they have been as a team on the season. But the Heat just, I think, outplayed the Lakers. I don't know if that's a result of, you know, the Lakers feeling good being up 2 nothing, or the Heat just being in complete desperation mode. I think it's a little bit of both, right? Like, I think that we can probably say that the Heat were more motivated to win that game, clearly, by the way that they played. But, like, also, you know, they were the better team last night. Like, I I think, I mean, the Lakers, they could have won that game. Like, it was in the balance, despite them playing pretty mediocre for, I would say, most of the night, if not all of it. And, like, they still had a chance to win that game, despite Butler putting up numbers that only LeBron James and Jerry West have ever put up in NBA history uh, in the finals. So, like, that, I think, should give you a little bit more confidence going into, like, game four. But at the same time, like, Miami also showed, like, I mean, now they have some life. Now they have some confidence. And they may be getting some reinforcements. Yeah, so the report came out today, or I should say the injury report came out today, that uh, Bam Adebayo has been upgraded to questionable for Game 4. Bam is obviously one of the two all-stars on the Miami Heat, so that'll be a nice boost for them. Um, It's weird, though, because the absence of Bam, I think, allowed them to see what other guys had to offer them. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, I don't think is on that list of guys yeah. that could offer them a whole bunch outside of that one block he had on Anthony Davis. Um, but Kelly Olenek is somebody that wasn't in the rotation and, and now is as a result of Bam's injury. And I think he's been really good and I'd be surprised if he doesn't still get minutes once Bam is back. Yeah, I mean the Lakers forgot Kelly Olynyk is a bucket. Like he's been, uh, he's been going off like flame emojis, snort emojis, however you want to put it, and uh, like you know to the point where they were single covering Jimmy Butler out of fear of letting Kelly Olynyk get shots off, which is not you know something that I thought like an outcome that I thought was possible in these NBA finals like when we were talking about like x factors that could swing the series like Kelly Olenek was not among them for me and that's why I think like so if Bam comes back like you know especially like clearly like probably like a somewhat hobbled version of Bam that the Heat are going to be getting it since given that he has a neck strain he's been you know they've been holding him out even though he wants to play like the last couple games that indicates some degree of severity and some degree of like it will probably limit him and like I honestly don't know that Bam coming back isn't a good thing for the Lakers like I'm fully prepared to get flamed for this and have this clip like clipped and like go viral on heat Twitter like it's our version of the Alex Caruso (laughs) Ram. like but uh 16 points but I think um like like so there's actual reasons for this. This is not that I think Bam is a bad player. And I, right. I think you and I are in somewhat of agreement on this. I think for one, just intangibly, the Lakers are going to play harder if Bam's back out there. I mean, number one, you would hope that they're going to play harder after that loss anyway. But if Bam's back in the lineup, then there's no more like we can just coast. Okay, like they have their second star back. It, Drogic may not return. It seems unlikely that he's going to be back for this one. He's still listed as doubtful. But like Bam being back just, I think at bare minimum, makes the Lakers take 
the Heat a little bit more seriously. And at the same time, I think it makes Jimmy a little bit easier to cover offensively because you can maybe you have a spot where you can probably send help from and be able to help a little bit more easily without giving up shots on the perimeter. And I also like I didn't like he played for a decent chunk of game one and the Lakers were able to build up that lead. Like, I don't think that he's the difference maker people pegged him as in this series. Like he looked a little not quite ready for the moment. He looked a little like AD was roasting him. Like people said, like AD was getting buckets because like, you know, Bam was out and like now the Heat had no one that could cover him. Bam could not cover him in game one. And coming off of an injury, I'm not sure that that changes. And so not that Olenek can do a great job by himself, but I just think the combination of those factors like maybe throws Miami a little bit out of rhythm and put, gives the Lakers a leg back up like with all of it. Yeah, I want I want to go the route of a compliment sandwich because I also don't want to be clipped. Um, I, Bam's obviously a great player. Yeah. Um, I he's I mean the bet one of the better defensive players on that team. Um that being said, I think the fact that to your point in game 1, I think the Lakers were already up 18 by the time Bam got hurt. Like yeah. it, it and look, you can go up 18 and like have a con- I'm not saying right. that the Lakers like that that was insurmountable and that Bam's like actively a negative, but like the the Lakers clearly figured out something on him. Yeah, it's it's the idea that like when I when I watched the game, I just thought the Lakers looked so much bigger than the Heat with Bam on the floor. Um and I think the fact that Bam plays big despite being six nine might make it a little easier for the Lakers to play their game with him on the floor because I I think if you're picking up Anthony Davis on the perimeter instead of just clogging the paint in in the zone with a large human being like Kelly Olynyk, um, I think that gives Anthony Davis a little more room to operate. I think it makes him it makes it a little easier for him to pass out of the pick and roll or out of the double team. I mean, um, I don't know. I I think Bam is great. I just yeah. I from what I saw in Game One, which. To Eric Spolscher's credit, credit, the adjustments he's made from game to game have been incredible. So I'm not yeah. saying we can compare game one to game three. What I am saying is I think there is an easier path to Anthony Davis succeeding with a smaller guy like Bam Adebayo on the floor as opposed to like Kelly Olenek. And, and I also think like too, like beyond all of that stuff, like an AD and like him specifically, it also like if – if the Heat have Bam cover AD, then mm. like that takes him out of like the shot blocking role, and that puts like a much smaller player on Dwight right. Howard. Whereas you know they've been able to have Plumlee or Olynyk kind of try and box him out the last couple games, and like that potentially allows him get to get going. Or if they put him on Dwight so that he can defend the weak side a little bit more, then AD is just going to cook Jay Crowder again. So yeah. like I-, I think weirdly like the Heat might be like again like they may probably they're going to make adjustments with how they use bam from yes. game one and they like i liked a lot of what their zone did against the lakers like they dropped their bigger players back so that they could like clog the paint and like force the lakers to shoot jumpers over them which outside of like a stretch from ad in the third quarter didn't really work so again like they're going to change things from how they did it in game one but i also think the integrating uh like you know only like somewhat healthy player back into the lineup is not always an easy thing to do in the nba finals 
finals when you've made adjustments from when they were last in the lineup. And like combined with the Lakers, both taking them more seriously and just being more amped up because they realize they actually need to win one again now. I think like I don't think that it's like some, you know, sky is falling, yeah. the Heat are getting their star player. Like they could win this game, but I don't think that it's like, you know, oh, they just beat the Lakers. Now they're getting even better. I don't think that it's that simple. Yeah, I I want to say two things before we head to break. Number one, you said Mason Plumley, and I don't blame you, but it is Myers Leonard. <laughs> oh, my bad. Yeah, I always, you know, he's an honorary Plumley bro. Yeah. Okay, that's my bad. Number two, same. Th- think- honestly, show me the difference. Okay, <laughs> like show me the difference. I mean, Myers Leonard could hit three pointers. One, the, the Lakers cooked them both. That's all I know. Myers Leonard's wife can also hit like three pointers with either one of her hands. It's like one of the most impressive things I've seen. Um, the weirdest wife scouting report <laughs> I've ever gotten, but all right, was not but, expecting that. Anyway, either way, um, to your point about Myers Leonard, I think it's it'll it could also be addition by subtraction for the Heat. Like if you bring Bam Adebayo back, whatever he's going to offer you on defense is probably better than what Myers is going to offer you. Like. You don't have to play Myers 15 to 20 minutes per game if Bam is available for you on the bench. So um, I think it's not that there won't be any positives with with Bam coming back. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't want to sound like that much of a homer. Like he's a good player, but there also may be some drawbacks. Right. And I, I don't know if those drawbacks like outweigh the positives enough for Heat fans to have like any confidence going into the game or for for the Lakers to be any more scared than they were last game. So, um, I mean, that's all I have on, on the BAM injury front. Uh, when we get back from the break, we'll talk a bit about the other adjustments we'd like to see in game four BAM or not. So that'll be us when we get back. Two more wins. And the Lakers are NBA champions. It is the same position they were in on Sunday that they will be on Tuesday. Harrison, what is the first adjustment you'd like to see for the Lakers in order for them to get closer to that goal? I don't know. First adjustment. That's a good question. Um, You know, (laughs) I think... I mean, honestly, it's like I I think Anthony Davis probably has to change the way that he is attacking the heat defense. Like Sabrina actually did a really good breakdown for us on the site today of some ways that he could possibly do that. You know, like trying to like move quicker, not let the double team just come and like little things like that to make himself a little bit more of a threat and kind of take a more active like involvement in the action. And like, you know, I'm sure that like like Frank Vogel's a lot smarter than me and I'm sure that he'll come a lot smarter than all of us. And so I'm sure they'll come up with even more ways and uh but like I think that's the biggest thing it's like they have to find some way to get Anthony Davis a little bit more involved in the action whether it's just like having him go quicker off the catch whether it's like you know trying to like have him screen a little bit more to get involved in more plays like you know there there are a variety of things that they could probably do but whatever they decide to do they have to get him more involved because the Heat were able to completely take him out of the game and some of that's on AD but some of it's on the Lakers for not adjusting their approaches that game went on. Yeah, I think the part that is on AD, and I don't fault him entirely, is throughout, like in the first two games and really throughout the playoffs, Anthony Davis has been able to take shots and hit them from wherever on the floor. Yeah. There was no reason for Anthony Davis to believe that the shots he was taking on Sunday night were not going to go in because they just had. It's the, 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 the thing for him 
all and even his efficiency was okay. He just barely took yeah. any shots. Right. And I think that's that's been my I guess quibble with Anthony Davis is when the shots aren't falling, what do you do? Do you just stop taking shots or do you start attacking the basket more? I think we saw God, I forgot what game it was. It might have been game two of that Nugget series where he made a conscious effort to just attack the basket and be a beast. And I'm not sure if that's possible against Miami's defense and the way they play. Um, There are definitely some gaps in the defense they found in the first two games that I think if they can find them again, Anthony Davis is the perfect player to exploit those. Um, But even just like passing out of the double teams and, and not going into like panic mode when, when he has the ball in those doubles. Cause I mean, if you look at the the turnovers Miami forced yesterday, Anthony Davis accounted for five of them. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, like some of those, at least one was a cheap offensive foul. And you know, I, I say cheap, like I'm not blaming the refs for losing that game. It was just, you know, it was yeah. a bang, bang play. And like Miami was very clearly trying to flop to get him out of the game and look like they have to try that. They got to try it. You're, it's the NBA finals. I'm not criticizing them for that. AD's just got to be a little bit smarter about like not allowing them to like do that kind of stuff. And I also think like, you know, like a team down 2-0 is always going to get a little bit more of a favorable whistle on stuff like that. I kind of doubt that the NBA referees subconsciously or not are going to put AD in foul trouble. Like if those same plays happen again in game four, they're probably not going to call them as fouls or like at least not as often just because like you don't want to foul stars out. You know, yeah. like that's just not what you want to let decide the game. And so like we, we saw some of that stuff on Jokic where like his, you know, this happens to star big men where they're like their leash gets yanked wildly back and forth throughout the course of a series of how much physicality they're allowed to have. And so I think we may sw- see that swing a bit the other in the other direction in game four. Going back to turnovers, LeBron James had eight t- turnovers. And if there's one, if there's one stat in the box score you can look at in game three that you you can confidently say we'll probably improve in game four. It's the turnovers because yes, the first quarter was just some of the worst basketball I've seen the Lakers. I mean, season record half, really, yeah, yeah. Was that, that was like that season record. That was their top yeah. for the that they picked an uh, they picked an awful time to set a new season high in turnovers in a quarter. Like like that was that for there, there's no way around it. That was bad. That was bad all around. LeBron was not particularly good. I think he had what like five of them in the first quarter. Like yeah. it was at least three. Like, that was really bad. Yeah, it was bad. And like you know he's gonna watch the film and he's going to see where Miami was sending like that extra help from what passes they were baiting him into all that stuff. And like yeah, I mean I, I'm with you. I have every con confidence that he's going to be better in game four, which is why I think more of my analysis is focused on AD because we've seen what LeBron does in the past when he has a subpar playoff game. Like he outside of the nugget series where he had two kind of mediocre ones in a row, he almost always bounces back the next game. And like, I I have every confidence that Miami showed him some stuff that he can see on film and he's going to correct by the next one. And look like that was a close loss. Like if, if a couple of those turnovers don't go to Miami, like, you know, that's a different game and if Jimmy Butler isn't quite as strong and able to play 45 minutes again the next game like there's a lot of things that went right for Miami that aren't necessarily going to go right in game four I'm honestly not sure anything went wrong for them in game three yeah I mean Tyler Hero not being like the mega star he was last round I think is what and and Duncan Robinson not hitting shots as much uh that's the Lakers the Lakers have covered those guys well like I I think that's more on them than like the it's not like Danny Green and KCP where they're just missing shots oh I think so too but the 
I think what if you're a Heat fan, yeah, the thing you're clinging on to is Tyler Hero hasn't had a big game yet, and they haven't completely unlocked Duncan Robinson, uh, which I agree with. But yeah, the the Lakers have played them really well. Alex Caruso, I think, has done a really good job of defending Tyler Hero. Tireless. Um, so what was that? He's tireless. <laughs> He's got the tireless defender badge. Yeah, in two K. Um, but yeah, I I think. You look at, and I this is going to sound very Homery or LeBron Stanny, but you look at what LeBron James has done in his career and even this postseason compared to what Jimmy Butler did last night. I think it's far more likely that LeBron James has a has a game like that than it is Jimmy Butler has a game like that. Not just in this series, but probably like in their careers. And I, like I don't. I don't want to make this too much about intangible stuff, but LeBron clearly was not thrilled with the trash talking from Jimmy Butler last night uh, saying like, oh, whoa, sorry, I'm forgetting what he's saying. Was it, oh, it's over? Um, Or like, oh no, he said, you're in trouble. Yes. You're in trouble, which Jimmy claimed that LeBron said to him, like, and LeBron was asked about the trash talk today, clearly did not really like the question and was just like, I've never trash talk. I don't trash talk in my career. I just like, I let my game, my game is my trash talk. And like, he sounded like he was about ready to go Terminator LeBron on that. I also think that, you know, I, I was going to ask Anthony Davis about this today. I did not get because he's usually the more honest one. I knew LeBron would just be like, no, we don't notice this stuff. But like the Lakers have had in every single series, a moment where, you know, the opposing player is feeling themselves a little bit, maybe too much in the fourth quarter of their one loss in the prior three series. You had Dame dancing in round one. You had Russell Westbrook screaming at infants in round two. You had, uh, <laughs> you had Jamal Murray. Like Jamal's was a little weak. Like he clearly was just feeling himself after a shot. That did not seem like overly taunting, but you know, it kind of like it lines up and I'm pretty sure they see this stuff. And then in game four, you had Jimmy, you know, talking and that's fine. Like apparently LeBron was talking to him. Um, but you also had Tyler hero after not really that great of a game, getting a shot down the stretch (laughs) and, uh, like scowling, like he was the baddest man on the planet. And look like, I mean, good for the kid. It's been awesome to watch his like breakout playoff run. The Lakers have done, what in any other context would be considered bullying to him throughout the course of the series. And I do not expect that to really let up in game four after that. And uh, like, I also think that he, he may have poked the bear a little bit with that one. Again, I didn't get to ask about it today um, because it is hard to get questions in when you're not Christian <laughs> Rivas during the finals. Um, but like, you know, I, I think, I, I think they may Miami may have poked the bear between all of it. Like aside from even just winning the game, like the way they won it, like we know that these Lakers are more than capable of manufacturing slights in these playoffs. And I would not expect like anything. I like I, I fully expect that that was shown in the film session today multiple times. <laughs> Listen, if you if four years ago I hit a shot in the finals against the Lakers, I probably would have made that. Smart. Oh, I absolutely would have done it too, but it wouldn't have been smart. <laughs> But, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. I would have done that knowing that I'd fake an injury in next game just so I wouldn't have to see. Oh, that. I wouldn't even know that. I just, I just would have been like, oh, yeah, like I am. I'm ready to break out. This is my time. <laughs> and then I just would have gotten dunked on by LeBron in the next game. <laughs> um, that about does it for today's show. Harrison, um, are, do you have any parting thoughts before we leave? 
Yeah, I, well, I actually did have two more things really quickly that I wanted to talk about. Yes. KCP and Danny, where are you at with them? Because I've written about this extensively. Like, I think the Lakers may have a burgeoning problem on their hands. We've been really positive despite coming off of a loss on this show. And I do think that this is one of the actual concerns moving forward. Like, LeBron and AD are going to play better. They're stars. That's what they do. You know, Kuzma breaking out a little bit was nice in the last game. But... KCP and Danny Green, Danny is now, I believe, 4 of 20 in the finals from distance. KCP has not been much better. You know, like these two, and they both looked hurt in game three to varying degrees. Danny has not been moving well since at least game two was when I really started to notice it. And Frank has mentioned, Frank and Danny have admitted that he's dealing with some type of hip tightness. And KCP looked like he was nursing a little, like he just did not quite look like himself in the way he was moving in game three. He's not on the injury report. Everybody's dealing with stuff at this point in the finals. But if those guys, and I'm more confident that KCP can do this at this point than Danny Green, which is a wild sentence to think of, you know, a year ago at this time. I think that like they need at least one of them to bounce back because if you're looking at the Lakers shooting guard options, you got THT. I know everybody loves him, but he's too young. Like he's a defensive liability. The Heat are going to target him every single time down the floor. And I don't think that you can survive that in the finals. Like, and they aren't the Rockets where he can kind of break out because their defense is so bad. Uh, And like, I also think Dion dealing with a groin injury active defensive minus the entire time he's been with the Lakers and like again coming off of a groin injury after not playing in like basically a month I don't think he's a real option Quinn Cook huge defensive liability like and then so they've been going to J.R. Smith J.R. Smith has not been good so like I'm starting to worry a little bit about what they can do beyond maybe playing Kuz or Markeith a little bit out of position and going jumbo more often because I I am starting to worry a little bit about those guys at this point especially Danny yeah, KCP, I'm not that worried about because last game he was like only one for three, I believe. Uh, the game before was obviously ridiculous, but I mean, he took a whole bunch. Danny took a whole bunch, went one for eight, which if like I kind of expect this from Danny Green at this point. There was there was no there's no part of the game when Danny Green takes a three-pointer where I think it's going to go in. That's not my first instinct anymore. It's kind of just yeah, like... Yeah, it's sad, right? Like, it is, that was, I expected... I remember, I think, during a pod with either you or someone else in the offseason, I was like, hey, man, isn't it going to be nice to have a guy when they shoot? You're like, oh, yeah, that's in. Like, every single time. Like, we've gone from that to, like, Lakers fans responding to that stupid petition about Kuz with, like, yeah, you're right. It should be Danny that we're doing yeah. this petition about. Like... You know, like, he's had a bad year, but, like, I mean, he's good as a team defender, but he really even hasn't been that great on that end in, like, two games, and I'm starting to worry a little bit. I'm sorry I cut you off, but, like... Oh, no. All I was going to say is, when Rondo puts three-pointers up now, at least as of late, I feel oh, more no, confident don't say it. Don't that say it. they're going to go in than Danny's. Oh. Like, look at the percentages and tell me I'm wrong, here. No, you're you not wrong. That's the sad thing is I feel it too. And like, we should never be saying that about like Danny Green and Rajon Rondo. I know playoff Rondo is real, but usually it's not in this way. Like, it's, it's bad. Um, oh. Yeah, I am. So the thing with Danny though, is in spite of his shooting struggles, he still has like, the best plus minus of anybody in the like any of the remaining players in the bubble and in the postseason in general I think there are only three players ahead of him he's been fantastic for them on defensive end the problem is defender not against Jimmy Butler one-on-one yes yeah (laughs) that is correct 
The problem is, if he's not completely healthy, the limited mobility that he has becomes even more limited. And that yes. worries me. That worries me more than anything. And, and, I and think, he's not a guy that has the strength to stop Butler yes. either. So he has to be quick. And like, they, I mean, the bottom line is the Lakers are probably going to have to send help. They don't like to help, but they're probably going to have to send some help because they don't really have a great option on him. Yeah. And I think that is where taking a, sh- like replacing Bam with somebody that can shoot would be a little, or sorry, replacing Bam for somebody that can shoot, um, is could help the Lakers in that regard. But um, yeah, I don't know. That worries me. I think the, the solution other thing, on his plus minus, like I, I looked at this today. He also like has one of the best net rating differentials yes. for the playoffs among the Lakers. It's only behind Anthony Davis, but in the, in the finals so far, which is a three game sample oh, size granted. He's been Miami's third best player. Yeah. Like in the finals so far, the Lakers are marginally better with Danny on the floor than off. But I think that's only because JR has been so bad and because yeah. Danny has the benefit of playing with the starters. Like it, it's not, you know, this is not the same guy that was during the entire playoffs where we were defending by saying this is like defense. He brings some value, whatever. Like he has not been that guy for at least the last two games, if not the first, th- if not all three. Yeah, and I don't know how much of that has to do with injury, but regardless of what it is, I think the solution is probably playing Alex Caruso just more minutes than he has been. Um, I don't know if I'm team start Alex yet. Uh, I think I'd like to see that Danny is actually done before they go that route. But, I mean, I, I when I asked Caruso today, like Danny Green and Contavious Caldwell-Pope obviously haven't been hitting shots. Uh, he's somebody that didn't hit shots at a particularly high rate to start the postseason. Uh, he told me that he he's never felt more confident in his shot than he is right now. He's shooting 40% on 10 attempts in the finals. Small sample size, but if he's feeling confident and if he thinks he can make those shots, then, I mean, you got to let him. You, you, if he's in more of a rhythm than KCP and Danny Green is right now, you, you have to let him shoot. And if he's bringing them more defensively, which he is at this moment, um, I think he's probably their best option if KCP and Danny aren't good to go. Yeah, I'm just not sure that he can like like he definitely can't take Jimmy on his own. Like that doesn't solve that problem. Yeah. And so, but like perhaps you can go like throw someone else on Jimmy, and Caruso can be your double guy, or like you know he can continue cha- like taking one of those shooters out of it so that you can double from somewhere. I, I do agree that like he potentially strengthens your team defense. I'm just struggling to think of like who is their best option to start possessions on Danny. And it's it, well, actually, I know you have a theory on this. I think if we're just in a vacuum, it's probably LeBron, but he can't do it all game. So I think that you have an interesting idea for parts of the game. Put AD on Jimmy. Yeah. That's it. That's the solution. There was they um Anthony Davis got switched on to Jimmy Butler in the fourth quarter of Sunday night's game, and I thought he did a pretty good job on him. I think Jimmy there was also Butler's... one possession where Jimmy had a wide open layup and he could hear AD coming and passed it out like yeah. and he would have gotten it. But he was hearing footsteps a little bit. And that's what honestly makes me more confident than anything in your theory. Yeah, I I don't know. I just think Anthony or yeah, Anthony Davis is um, a really good defender. And I think with Jimmy Butler's skill set. Keeping him in the mid post with Anthony Davis there, Anthony Davis staying close to him. Uh, I think that's probably the solution. Obviously can't do it all game, especially if Bam's coming back, because that just kind of just takes away like any advantage they'd have otherwise. But um, 
it's something they should definitely look to in crunch time because yeah well it's also like if you think about what makes jimmy good it's not that he's like some speedy burner like ad stayed in front of quicker guys than him even during this postseason like he's strong and shit like crafty and ad can deal with that like and also the thing like he's also not like an exemplary three-point shooter and so ad could theoretically help off of him too and still like cause problems at the rim or in the passing lanes and things like that like that genuinely may be their best option for at least chunks of the game is putting ad on him a little little bit more whatever it is it it probably isn't lebron because those lebron did not have the jamal murray lockup defensive game that he thought he was gonna have no he just (laughs) basically was like all right good luck kcp (laughs) it was there was one possession lebron got switched on to jimmy and then jimmy scored on him and he slapped the ball really hard because he was so upset that jimmy scored on him but i mean but that, so uh, his solution was to let Jimmy score on other people yeah. so that he wouldn't have to be frustrated with his individual. Yeah, that was – I mean, we didn't talk about it a lot, and I don't want to go too far on this because, again, I think he'll be better. LeBron was not good yeah. in game three. I don't care yeah. what anyone says about his numbers, the turnovers, the defense. Like, that that was probably the worst game he's played this playoffs, and, like, he's going to have to be better in game four. And I have confidence that he will be, but, like, we should acknowledge that. Unless you have something else, I do have one more uh, segment that we got to go to. So, uh, you know, you were talking about asking Alex Caruso a question today. And uh, I, you know, since you left this show and haven't been back, we have actually established a new segment. It's called uh, Kyle Kuzma's Question of the Week. And, you know, Kuz every single week picks a winner of what he thought the best question of that week was. So uh, we're going to go really quickly. We're going to go over to Kyle Kuzma for the winner of this award. Hey, Kyle. In that Houston series, uh, you noted that you wanted to stay out of the the corners and and move off the ball, be active. Um, Obviously, last night, most of your your attempts came from the corners. Uh, How has Miami's defensive scheme approach or change the way you uh, you approach uh, the game? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think that the biggest thing is, um, you know, for me, just studying the game, realizing what my strengths are and, um, you know, what teams are trying to take away from my game. Um, obviously, like you said, the Houston series, you know, the corner's cutting. Um, and, you know, this series, you know, they're definitely uh, keying in a little bit more on those cuts and, you know, I'm just I'm just making my uh, making my own adjustments, and um, you know, they work. All right, Christian. So, how does that feel as uh, you know this week's winner of the Kyle Kuzma Question of the Week? Feels great. I uh, I just want to thank everybody else that was nominated. Um, I think there were four total questions in his media availability on uh, on Monday. So. Shout out to the other nominees. Um, I feel honored. As somebody who's been a long supporter of Kyle Kuzma, I think uh, I, I deserve this one. So thank you. Thanks, everybody. And I will uh, I will make sure to try and contend next week, too. The reason Christian's voice dipped a little bit is that he lifted up an imaginary trophy and did, like, the <laughs> wave with it thing, even though this is not a video show and no one's going to be able you. to see it. it I, appre- a, I appreciate it. It's a vinyl figure. Oh, see, I thought it was Chewbacca or something, but no. like, it, uh, like I appreciate that you really like sold the bit and your commitment to that. So again, like you know, we'll be we'll be back next week, Christian and I, or you know, possibly Christian and I. Somebody will be back on Monday. Alex and Alex will have you covered after uh, the show tomorrow. And you know, Chris, I guess just final predictions, Christian. You got? I'm I'm thinking Lakers win. Yeah, I'm th- I think Lakers win. I think 
the series will go one, one and one from here on out. I think Miami will probably win game five Lakers are happening game six. Well, that would make me look smart because I picked Lakers in six originally, but uh, <laughs> I wait, think I Lakers guess... in seven, but Goron and Bam are hurt. So yeah, we shall see uh, which one of us is right or none of us, but uh, I guess that'll do it for this week's episode of Lakers explained. And uh, so we will be back or not us, but Alex and Alex will be back to talk to all of you tomorrow.